Hello, welcome to Masters of Banter, special dun, 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 political edition. I was I was trying to think of like what they do on like CNN and stuff when they ride into like Wolf Blitzers, like bum 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 bum. <laughs> I love my sound effects that I've been trying to do for weeks, whatever. All right, so it is myself. It's John Michael here with a special guest, uh, Gary Laspina, who happens to be my father. So um, get a little uh, family feud. And our producer uh, Mike, is our co-host, or our Steve Harvey, which is, <laughs> which is Mike Lake, who's going to be mixing it and making sure we stay on topic at least a little bit and, and that we're on time. So, uh, Gary, introduce yourself. I'm Gary Lespina. I'm uh, John Michael's dad. Um, 65 years old and gray. <laughs> well, the reason that uh, we're here today is because I don't know if any of our listeners have heard about it, but there's an election going on, and uh, it's going to be taking place on November 2nd. We are getting ready to vote. I myself have voted as a, as my father, and what we wanted to do was um, discuss now, you know, kind of go over it, different topics, different things that we think are important. Um, him and myself come from different sides of the aisle. Uh, traditionally and uh, we're going to discuss different topics we wanted to give each person the ability to hear both sides of it get a little bit more information about it be a little bit more informed because I was listening I was reading uh, a couple things this weekend as we were getting ready for this and they were talking about the difference between people discussing sports and discussing um, discussing the election and politics and most scholars writers um say that when they listen to sports talk shows, they see like a high, a high level of like analytical thought. Like people think about strategies and think about formations and they think really, really deep about sports when they're evaluating and they're going over it, much as you can see from Masters of Banner, most of the time we talk about basketball or football. But when it comes to politics, a lot of people will just say, well, I don't really know, or they don't, aren't informed. And there's a very surface level area of conversation. And so what we wanted to do was kind of get a little bit into the issues that we found important about the election, some of the things that are swaying us, some of the things that may um, weigh into our decision. And uh, you can agree, you can disagree. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of both. And um, we'd love to hear from you. Comment, uh, like, post, uh, let us know what you think. If there's anything that we left out that you think is important, please let us know. Um, We're definitely going to touch some things that we think people are going to uh, care about. Next thing we're moving on to is foreign policy. Um, this is a big topic right now because we have 17 wars going on. I don't know. Uh, we have uh, fights in Iraq. We have fights in Afghanistan. We have fights in Syria. We have all kinds of things going on. And Donald Trump is pretty uh, boisterous on his views of why ISIS is such a big deal. He says that Obama's and the Clintons created ISIS and that they are basically the reason that they exist. And because of them, they went from being in four countries and now being in 18 countries. And uh, we're also dealing with Russia in foreign, in foreign policy. We're also looking at different trade deals and how our relationship with Mexico and Japan and China and the African co- continent and Europe is going to be affected by our choice on firm, foreign policy. Uh, I'm going to start this one off. I let you start last time and uh, you went on your soliloquy, so I'll go on mine. <laughs> but uh, foreign policy, I will tell you this from the get-go. Number one, I'm going to start with Donald Trump's argument that Obama and Hillary Clinton started ISIS. It's absolutely not true. It's, it's, I mean, even you, even you rolled your eyes at that is the most erroneous thing I've ever heard in my life. Because the thing that, the reason ISIS started this, and I, please, if you're, if you made it through the economic argument we just went through, please listen to my words right now. The reason ISIS was created, or reason ISIS came to fruition, was because of a power vacuum that was created in Iraq whenever 
we went in. We went in. First Desert Storm started it. The second Desert Storm we did with Brush, shock and awe, pushed it over the edge. Because what we did was we have three religious groups. One was in power. The other two were under their thumb. Saddam Hussein was doing horribly, horrible things to them. He was doing human rights crimes to the other two groups. Yes, he did not need to be in power. But when we took over and we put the Iraqi government, they put a lot of the members of the other two religious factions who had been on the bottom, they put them in power. When they got in power, they started passing laws, started passing restrictions, started doing things to get back at the group that had been in power. That caused frustrations. That caused Al-Qaeda to come in. But basically what happened was that group that was on top, that was now on the bottom, decided, you know what, we don't really like what's going on here, and they banded together and they created ISIS. The power vacuum that was created by the Iraq war is what created ISIS. That wasn't Obama nor Hillary's job. They didn't do it. <laughs> you know, it was, it was what happened after 9-11. Now, the reason, his second argument was that they made it worse. They went from four countries to 18 countries. Also, yeah, that's true. ISIS is now in 18 countries. Or we've seen attacks in 18 countries. And you know why that happened? Because we're kicking their ass in Syria and Iraq. We are, we are destabilizing ISIS. ISIS had formed a caliphate, so all of their soldiers were in one confined area. We started bombing the crap out of them with Russia, with European forces, with forces from, from the Middle East. And what did they do? They splintered and they said, go back to the countries you came from and cause terrorist attacks there, hoping to scare both Europe and the United States, Great Britain, and uh, the Middle East to back off so that they could bring them back. Don't act like this. Like it's positioned as if it got worse. It didn't get worse. They got scared. And what happens when you pour water in a, in, into an anthill? The ants scatter. And they scattered. And that is collateral damage? I mean, that's we're dealing... We're not fighting a normal war. We're not... This is not a Mel Gibson movie. We're not lining up in front of each other, shooting cannon fire at each other. We are fighting an insurgent. We are fighting on their turf, and they're hiding in houses of civilians. They're hiding in neighborhoods with civilians. We have to go door to door and try to find them. That's why casualties are the way they are. That's why we're, fi we're fighting roaches. And unfortunately, you got to rip up some of your house to get the roaches. So that's where I that's why I feel about the Middle East, and that's how I feel about foreign policy. And I absolutely hate how Donald Trump words his arguments when it comes to the Middle East and how he's I'm going to take out ISIS. Whatever they're doing, I'm going to do it better. It's going to be the best job. I'm going to be I'm more qualified than anyone else in the whole world to take out ISIS. And it's well, one of the things being ignorant. in the being in the military. One of the things that you don't do is announce your departure. You don't announce your departure. I don't care for whatever the reason. You know, it's 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 just not what you should do. Well, and, both parties, and, but both parties but did do. I, it I'm explaining that. The, right. the thing is, though, that's what ticks me off. When you have civilians trying to tell the military how to do their operations, that's what's created a lot of the issues that we have. You have this. You have these stupid rules called rules of engagement. It tells you what you can and cannot do in a fight. Those were created when. Those are created by civilians, no, no, by saying, Congress well, and stuff. Before you go well, into a lot of the rules engagement we have now were set up after World War II, correct? Well, they've always been there. Each, each uh, over the years, each military. If you go into any kind of conflict, Vietnam was one. You had rules of engagement. Uh, I had a, a friend of mine's brother killed over there, and uh, he said he wrote a letter home, and he says they won't let us shoot at him first. 
like if they're in an ambush type situation, the, the Viet Cong were walking through, they couldn't open fire on them until they were fired upon. Mm. Two weeks later, he was dead. Rules of engagement suck. Uh, there so are do you reasons, think it needs to be more? Because it can't be all military. It can't. Because well, you, you, the thing you, is, though, if you're going to send, you're going to say, you're going to send, if I was, if you're going to send young men and women over there, you have to give them the tools to fight with, which they failed to do to begin with. They well, we, sent Humvees over there unprepared for IEDs. Now, that's that's also the military the, strategist the, that did well, that. Like, like when, we went to our, when we went back to Iraq and fought in Afghanistan. Yeah. We created... <laughs> A military, the way we went into Iraq for the Iraq war with George Bush was like we were fighting people that were going to fight like us. And then we blew through the Iraqi army with Saddam Hussein in about 37 seconds. Yeah, and then we then we realized that, oh, they're not going to fight like we're fighting. And they started fighting like terrorists and like insurgents. That's military strategy. Correct? But it's also more, to, uh, it's more though for them, it's more of a religious fight. Uh, they, Which is why it hasn't stopped. It's, it's right. And in fact, in history, if you go back and look, the Muslims invaded Europe many hundreds of years ago. In fact, they had pushed all the way into England and uh, had taken over probably the largest majority of Europe. It was several hundred years later before we heard, you know, of course, the, uh, uh, the Holy Wars came and they pushed the Muslims back into into the area there there has been a hatred for for those that aren't muslim for years and years and years and, and that'll never change those the three the three but different we, got, we do have to say that that what we're, what you're talking about with the crusades and with yeah. with holy war and stuff like that right now i would we have to say that it's radical islam it's not it's yeah, not it's a majority because yeah. there are a lot of muslims that oh, have yeah. that own businesses and work in the united we states have that teachers are, we have a teacher over i believe in uh Lake Wales, where I work part time now, that she's Muslim, and I, you know, I have no problem with the Muslims. I just have a problem with the radical Islam itself. Where you know, if, if you don't believe the way I do, I'm just going to cut your head off. Mm. You know, that that's not a way to win friends and influence people. So, looking at both, looking at both politicians' stances that they've made on yeah. foreign policy, who do you think is more qualified, or who do you think is more ready to handle the issues that we have? I, I mean, I've told you my, my opinions of how awkward it is with, with Russia and, and Donald Trump. I've made you, made to you my argument. He just likes him. I, the fact that he likes Putin when Putin is a fascist. Well, you gotta, Putin is a fascist. you got to understand Putin that. Putin is Mussolini with a bald head riding on a horse shirtless. What is your worst football team that you can't stand? The Bucks. Okay. The one that you – in other words – if you're a, a Gator fan and you hate FSU, okay, you can't help but admire the coach whenever he is able to coach his team to beat you. Yeah, but you also uh, have me, to me, say that's finish, a rational but, person making but, that mindset. I don't, think Donald, I don't think Donald Trump means it like that. I think Donald well, Trump means, like, if I get into office, that's how I'm going to act. I don't, so, I don't, I don't see it like that. I, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay neutral as far as which side – me too. Yeah, right. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, though, you can admire your enemy. You can admire your enemy because you know how he works and how he thinks. But ask him. And but he asked Putin to hack Hillary Clinton. He did not ask that. It was a joke. But what he see all this This is what I'm saying: is people get their information most of the he time. He made the comment. He made the through comment through Facebook. What I'm saying is Donald Trump. Makes flippant comments like that, and like the "I punch him in the face," or yes. I, or 
And or, I can understand that. Understand, you know. Yeah, right. but you are a 63-year-old <laughs> Florida citizen, not 60, a presidential. 65. 65-year-old Tampa or Florida citizen, not running for president <laughs> of the United States. I would hope you would have the coolness of mind if we decided to even think about electing you for the free world to realize I cannot tell people to punch someone in the face. I hope you would think... I mean, Obama has had more of a reason to tell people to punch someone in the face than anyone has in a long time with what people have done. The, the Really, the lack of like honor they have given to him as a president compared to some of the other presidential candidates we have had. People have talked to him, have waved their finger in his face, have talked down to him in public in a way that they would have never done for another president. But what I'm, what I am saying is those flippant comments... Like, that he's made towards Hillary, that he's made towards news anchors, that he has made towards hacking issues and saying he wished to throw her in jail. Like, there are certain things he has said that no other politician would have ever gotten away with. You remember when that Democratic... Because he's he, not a politician. Which is why... He, no, I... So, but he's not... Even if he wasn't a politician, I would hope that if he was a public figure running for presidency or running for... I don't know, employee of the month. He would know that I can't say some of these things, not because not because it's politically correct or not politically correct, but it's because you need to hold yourself in a certain body, because you represent 350 million Americans. If he was to be elected, he would represent them. And why do I'm, you think, why do you think, just a passing thought, hmm. why do you think he beat 16 other more probably qualified candidates. No, I don't think they were qualified at all. I don't think either of those 16 would have been a good president. I don't. I think the most qualified would have been Jeb Bush, but Republic, you you, <laughs> and the other members of the Republican Party told the Republican Party you wanted no more Bushes. You made it very clear, we don't want a Bush. And he ran anyway, and you proved to it when he got a 1% But uh, he made this, one of the things that about him, and Cruz did the same thing, Bush yeah, said Bush said Cruz he did not idiot. need the base to win the nomination. Cruz said, and I, I may be incorrect, but he Cruz said, all I need is the Christians to vote for me. Well, as a president, talking about president stuff, everybody has to be in the mix. Not everybody that's in the United States is a Christian. Not everybody in the United States thinks the way of that there are we have gays we have lesbians we have trans we have all these different kinds of people in with the united with states different belief systems. and different belief systems you have to be able to approach all of them at the same time and, and that's and one you, of the reasons those guys didn't fail and you I, think trump is better at approaching those people groups than, <clears throat> than, than hillary i think Looking at the, and I realize you can't necessarily equate people going to see him to actual votes. I understand that. Well, but what I'm saying, public but, 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 I'm, but what I'm saying but is, but he's saying what the people want to hear. People are upset. People but that's the point people, of the president is to tell people not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. Every once in a while, no, no, every once in a while, oh, yeah. it is the president's job to look at the American citizens in the face and say, you're wrong. Like, right now, you're wrong. And Obama did it a few times in these rallies where people have wanted to boo and have laid hands on Republican people that have come to protest. And he says, no, let him go. Freedom of speech. This guy's a veteran. Let him go. We're going to take him out in peace. Before he was elected, he did the same thing. 
he treated he if anyone protested he did not act like a crazy person. Sorry, one more thing. When we're making the art, so we were talking about foreign policy. Hey, we didn't get off course. Do you think Hillary is more equipped to handle foreign policy, or do you think Trump is more equipped to handle foreign policy? And then we're going to follow that up with a second question. So I wanted to get your answer before you. I think neither one, because I can't I can't point to one thing that she has done in foreign policy that has shown. You know anything in particular? I mean, I I can't point. She at to least one has to knowledge of. I, I would say she at least <laughs> she at least knows what's going on. That's the one thing she actually has. Well, is she that does. She knows she's like she's like on. a sponge, and she soaks up that kind of stuff. And so does uh, uh, Mr. Trump. He has a tendency. He he is a lot calmer now than he was when he first started. Okay. Um, yeah, but but I think but he, he started off raving, well, like a raving well, lunatic. Well, he sure did. And the people, fact that he's a calm was, lunatic it, now makes it, it better. Was, yeah, it makes it better. Uh, I think, though, if he takes a look at it, he looks at everything from a business point of view. Um, Which isn't good. And Judges my most of his business ventures. Like 515 <coughs> successful businesses, and he's had four or five that, that went bankrupt. I think that's pretty good odds. But the, the four or five that went bankrupt were big ones. Like, well, bit, like, bit, like some of them were defrauding people. Like, with that university. He used the laws to do what he did when he would just like if you just said that about, like, any, if you said like, that about any other political candidate ever in the history of the United <laughs> States would they be here would they be if you said that Richard Dixon Richard Dixon Richard I'm saying there are certain people that have played within the parameters of the organization you've given them and they have been thrown to the side that one Democratic candidate got thrown to the side for going yeah California and Texas and New York and we're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> you remember that? I remember. Oh, yeah, it. I did. He yeah. was out of, but that was in the primary. See, that- so you here, you made the argument for Donald Trump as far as or, or not for Donald <laughs> Trump, but that neither of them were qualified for when it comes to foreign policy. So. Yeah, what I'm saying is that when I look at look at Miss Clinton and look at Mr. Trump, granted, Mr. Trump is not a politician. He does not have all that knowledge, but most presidents don't. If I take a look at, at Mr. Obama, when he ran, he had zip, just like Mr. Trump. The only difference was he was a community, organi- community organizer, and he ran for the, I think, Illinois Senate. And then he ran... But he did have he, an understanding he, he, of government. But, but he... Yeah, in a sense, yeah. He well, had he, an understanding knew, of government. But what I'm saying is, as far as experience and all the areas that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. he had none. Now, what you do is... And, and, and that's why you create a cabinet. You surround yourself... God, can you imagine who his cabinet's going to be? Chris Christie's going to be the runner of uh, the FBI. I mean, God, I would hope Rudy not. Giuliani's going to be your I don't, Secretary I think, of State. I think Rudy Giuliani has passed his... his uh, I think he's passed to, his expiration date. I think so, too. I, think, I, yeah. I was watching him the other night, and I says, holy cow, that man's still breathing. But anyway, the, the thing is, though, you surround yourself with people. Uh, when I was in the service, and I was running uh, an operation at... at and I was at Fort Homer Hesterly, 
I surrounded myself with people that were more expert in things than I was. I surrounded myself with people in training that did it, that knew that a little bit better than I did. Supply, and I was good at administration, but there were certain areas that I was not good. I brought in people that could help me run the unit. The same thing happens in any president. It doesn't matter who it is. If you surround yourself with the right people, then everything comes apart it comes together and not apart and you think and that's what obama did he he brought in advisors he brought in his cabinet he created his cabinet and and he started really well do you think donald <clears throat> trump and of course he's held on for eight well, years so I, well, that's a pretty good you know track I mean, record you but. could make the argument that he would have done better if he didn't have a, a Congress that basically said, we're not even going to work with you. We're just going to sit here and not do anything. Because the well, Republican Party uh, but, for, the last eight, for the last four years have been basically the party of, I know. Well, like, how about... Oh, let's be in the middle. I oh, know. Uh, how about this? How many years did the Democrats... Including going back. Oh whenever, no! They, the um, Democrats are reaping what they sow. This whole, yeah. this whole, uh, this whole Supreme Court justice thing is something they did to George Bush. So yeah. this is complete. But well, what I'm saying is paybacks. But but I'm both saying stupid for doing. <laughs> they, it. they are. But you see, the thing is, though, it it's always puzzles me about this, and I hear the Republicans fuss about it, and I hear the Democrats fuss about it. They they go back and they say we are unable to do anything because of this group of people. Well, who had the majority? Who had the right, majority right all now those the years House of the House? Okay, well, right the, now the I House. Think, I think Obama's had more years of the Republican having the majority in the House. <clears throat> yeah, and and it happens like, and you'll go, and if if there's a Republican uh, president, you'll have it'll eventually shift where you have more Democrats. Pe the American people, what they do is they want checks and balances, and that's what happens, and that's how all that's happened. But the thing is, though, when, when you said cabinets, <clears throat> so uh, yeah, Trump is. From the very beginning, every Trump supporter has said he's going to have to surround himself with a bunch of people who know more than he does because when it comes to government, he doesn't know a lot. What I'm asking you is do you think Donald Trump has the temperament to listen to other people? Like, Because what has been the one thing that even the people that have been his uh, campaign chair, have been his advisors, he's really good until you put him in front of people and he starts popping off at the mouth. Or at 3 o'clock in the morning when he gets on his phone on tweets, he starts going off message and he just starts screaming at people and he starts acting offhand. So what I'm saying is I I question, and the reason one of the reasons I, I am against Trump is because I don't, while yes, Obama didn't have a lot of experience, he learned on the fly and he learned by listening to advisors, I don't see the temperament in Trump to listen to other people because he taps on his chest and says, I'm a billionaire, I'm, I'm a self-made man with the benefit of a couple of loans, but I'm here on my own two feet. <laughs> I don't think he's going to once he if you elect that man with the amount of hubris he has, I don't think he listens to me. I think he's gonna look at people like Stone Cold Steve Austin and they're gonna be like, Hey, you should probably do this and be like, I'm the world champ. Who and he's gonna just start yeah. dropping people in the middle of the ring. I don't think he's going to be <laughs> listening to that cabinet. I think his cabinet's gonna be made of a bunch of people that it's kinda not. hard it's kinda hard to tell what, what he will do. I you know if he was scary, that's if, scary to well, think of. Well, it's kind of scary to me who Hillary's going to put in into the cabinet. Also, do you, she said over she's going to history of her, over the know. history of her political career. How many things has she done? Oh, I don't no, no, know. No, 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 I no. can't even think of anything. No, no. Thank you Let so me much for bringing that up. Let me finish the question. <laughs> Let me finish the question. How many things has she done that has been extremely liberal? I mean, like so progressive. It well, puts she's not. On edge. She, I spit on you. Uh, he's not. She's not progressive enough for many people. So why are you scared? 
I'm not scared. No, I, you, you know just said, you said, are you I know, scared, I, I are you know, scared I, of what she's going to do when she's I, there? But or who she's going to put around her? I, I think, I think, she basically though, I, think there's, I think there's another issue that that um, comes into play here. And, and I quit looking at Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. I want to tell you why I quit looking good. at them. I quit, so you're looking I, at Gary Johnson? I, no. <laughs> I, I've started looking at who's a breath away from the presidency. And I take a look at Tim Kaine. The Grinch, and I take a look at at the Sunday school teacher, Michael Pence, and I take a look at both of those and saying, okay, how will that work out if something was to happen to them? And and I say on Hillary's side, I hope she's not as sick as she looks. That was a that, no, no 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 no. She had no, pneumonia. No she had no pneumonia. no no. I'm talking about other things that 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 are there that is kind of weird. If you take a look at it, I don't I don't watch don't. Punch you're, on things on you're Facebook. You're reading Breitbart. You're reading no, Breitbart right now. I'm just I'm I'm looking at other things. What other the other reporters and stuff outside of Fox have said, and and have kind of shown and reported. And I take a look at Donald Trump, and you know one of the things is I could just see it now. Is it about over? It okay. Right. Is um, the fact that uh, if he was God forbid was to be removed by death, then uh, Michael Spence would be. You know, he would be the president. So I'm having to take a look at who would come up there, you know. So that, that's kind of what I'm looking at. I just don't think if you take a look on foreign policy, who is which one is the best, Hillary has schmoozed more people and got more money out of them than anybody else. Okay. Donald Trump does not have that background. He would have to depend. He'd have to select somebody, a good, a very good secretary of state. To help handle the foreign policy. <clears throat> so, of the two people, this the last thing we'll say about foreign policy of the um, and the two candidates you know, as it relates to who they build in their cabinet. Of the two people, I think that you would have a hard time arguing that more people in government would be willing to work with Donald Trump than Hillary Clinton. I think that while while Republicans do not like her they would be more willing to work with her and find middle ground than I think you would with Democrats or or progressive Republicans on Donald Trump. And we gotta get back to I gotta get back to something I find I thought I found really interesting about what you said was that we're a country of multiple backgrounds, of multiple belief systems. And that really brings me to something that me and you wanted to talk about, which was which is interesting you mentioned Mike Pence because he's basically known as the pastor of Indiana <laughs> because of certain regulations he's put on same-sex marriages, certain regulations he's put on trans people, certain regulations he's put on um, the health system that, as it relates to not just abortion, but Planned Parenthood in general in Indiana. And um, I think it's an interesting election for, as they're calling the Bible Trumpers or the, reli- or the religious side of the country. And... Whether they're going to be able to stomach, or you know, which candidate they're going to be able to stomach and vote for, and I, what's your opinion on that? Because I, I, I honestly, you said that you think that whoever the candidate is, is has got to look at the cornucopia of belief systems and be able to find something or be able to fit something for all of them, and I think that that's definitely true, and I only see one candidate that's willing, even willing to work with more than one religion. Well, you have the the log cabin. Democrats, I guess, or Republicans can't get them confused. And that is the the gay wing of of the Republican Party. 
and um, which in, in a, which there are some that support Trump. Yeah. There's some that still support yeah. Trump, but I a think, bunch of I them. I think he was uh, out in Colorado, I believe, and um, a bunch of them. Have some moved to some Hillary. of them. Uh, one of them handed him a, a gay pride flag, and it had LBGT on it, and all that kind of stuff. And he proudly held the flag up. And I, I, I but his his running mate. Well, very very far on the other side. Right, and I understand that, but you got to just like a good pastor will love whoever comes into the church, and uh, he, he doesn't, doesn't have to handle the keys of the church. Right, that's what you, that's what you're doing. Yeah, you're, by electing Trump, you're not just inviting a member in; you're giving him the keys. Right, and you're letting him preach on Sundays. Yeah, well, here's the, what I'm talking about. We're talking about on the gay side now, okay, mm-hmm. and and. As a pastor comes in, uh, we have gay people that come in into our church every once in a while. Uh, I've attended a church down in um, in Sebring, uh, Dustin Woods Church down there at one time before he was the pastor there. There were some gay couples that were there, and he pointed them out to me. You know, he says, "But you know, it, it's how you handle things, how, what you say." Uh, I believe the the trans thing was blown completely out of proportion. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, um, I, I know there's some. It was pe- fear mongering. <laughs> yeah. It was it was fear mongering. That's what they were doing. They were trying to but, scare people. But the thing into is, I, I have a hard time. I says, you know, Target ended up being the target, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it could have been solved very easily. All you do is okay. You have a universal bathroom. If that's fine. I think people have an issue with men who want to identify as a woman and women who want to identify as a man going into their places, you know. Uh, if they get hit or something, all of a sudden it's a hate crime. And that's a shame. I mean, I don't think anybody needs to get beat up for what they well, there, are. There's a lot of beat in the chest on social yeah, media right now. I like know. if someone goes in my bathroom with my daughter, someone yeah. goes in my bathroom with my son. <clears throat> to be honest with you, though, like, like statistics and math and something that a lot of people like to ignore when they get into political arguments shows that it's less than 1% that a trans person has ever gone into a bathroom and assaulted any child yeah. or anybody else. It's and less I think, than 1%. I think, though, it's that, that, that what they feel like. And, you know, I, I run into a, I run into a, this is... But you can't, nope. you can't limit someone's rights as a human based on a fear that something might happen. Exactly. But the, 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 whenever you're talking about the religious side, what, the, what, what the, the, the Bible belt and the government, you know, mm-hmm. the, one of the questions was, you know, uh, are they having any kind of say-so in the election? I believe that's true. I believe you see a lot of folks. I was listening to this one um, I don't know if he's, he's not a pastor, but he writes a lot of books and stuff. And he was talking about how uh, the Old Testament points and then uh, to people who were not Christian to uh, run a country. And uh, he was interesting where he com- he compared Trump to Winston Churchill in a way, as far as his attitude was. Churchill loved to use colorful language. He was brash. He was bold. Nobody liked him. But he took the people through World War II. Instead of the English Parliament wanted to uh, give up and comply, he said, no, we're going to stand firm. And Winston Churchill was also one of the most intelligent people. He was very in intelligent. I don't think any room uh, Trump has been in, he's the most intelligent person in that I didn't. Room. I wasn't comparing to anything like that. I was talking about as far as temperament was temperament. concerned. Okay. All right. 
you get into that whenever you start mentioning uh, Bible stuff and politics together, it's like mixing oil and water many times. Uh, I know our parents felt a certain way. Uh, Mike, I'm sure your parent felt, you know, has a certain attitude towards the, the gay community. I've had students that were gay. And, you know, I don't think any less of them because they were my students. Um, you know, I have some friends that are gay. But that's just the way it is. The, the thing I, I wonder is how, looking at, take away the emails. We're not even getting into that in into this podcast. We're talking about, e like, get away from the emails. Get away from the Benghazi, which I know that people are like, want to throw her in jail, want to kill her. But listen, Bay of Pigs, there were... There have been mil Reagan had a couple of screw ups when it came to military forces. George George H had a couple of screw ups when it came to military forces, and, and good people died. Get away from that. Who she is as a person. She her husband cheated on her. That doesn't make her a bad person. I mean, it kind of makes Bill a bad person. But women get cheated on all the time, and this is the first one I've ever seen where it chooses a negative on her. Like <laughs> you got cheated on. You suck. Like it's weird. But when you look at the person. I have a hard time understanding how other people of faith, I'm included in that group, as much as people like to tell me I'm not for some reason because I'm a Democrat, all of a sudden I'm, I'm not a Christian. But I have a hard time how, with people of faith can look at Donald Trump as a person, Hillary Clinton as a person, and they could say, yeah, he's better. Like, he, he's not that he's not a good person as as it comes to and i'm not saying now i'm saying is he is is he beyond christ is he beyond forgiveness no he's not but he is someone who in the 70s and 80s refused to rent and sell homes to black people he is someone who refused to <laughs> to speak nicely or like follow the rules of how you're supposed to conduct yourself with pageant members and walked in dressing rooms and felt like he could do it and felt like it was okay because he owned the pageant show. He is someone who is on record saying he would grab a woman by the genitals and, hey, I can do it because I'm a celebrity. And whether whether the r rules of conduct or whatever, when people say, well, celebrities, they, you know how they are, they do it. Mind you, it's said by a bunch of people who aren't celebrities. Those are all extreme character flaws. Extreme character flaws. And I don't know how someone who well, looks, let's looks, it, looks, what, what character flaw can you give me that Hillary Clinton has close to that? Like, like, like that as a person not, has nothing to do with politics. No, as nothing a to do with politics. I, I call her. She panders. She uh, but it, lies it, when it's convenient. If she, had she done changes, she bad. changes her dialect depending on who she's talking with. When you go into a place and you say. Oh, I have a. I carry a bottle of Tabasco sauce every place I go. I love barbecue. Politicians have been doing that forever. I know that, the, but I'm the, saying is the though, same way. The, the same way. Each, they each, all, each, the same way. Trump had men lay hands on him, and that was the first time he had ever been to a Pentecostal church. I promise you. Oh, I'm sure he did. I saw that. But the thing is, though, even the mafia had morals. It was skewed, but they have morals. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. And if you take a look at, she has had 30 years to accomplish all the things that she said that she wanted to accomplish in the next four. Yeah, but she hasn't been in the position to do it. I mean, well, she's been she's been she's been a senator, and all this. She's done good things, and she did good things in New York as a senator. She passed a lot of things that helped education systems, that helped. And I helped think families. the education system is broke because the government, as you say, needs to get out of. 
the education business. Well, if we if we allowed it, then every wealthy neighborhood would have a really good school, and every poor neighborhood <laughs> no. would be shit. No, that, I'm that sorry. is what that, no. that is what happened. That's why no. you look at you look at Mississippi, you look at Alabama, you look at Louisiana. That you look was at the, in the fifties no, and sixties. No, no. I'm not saying I'm not saying white or black schools. I'm saying those states in general, their education systems are horrible. Like statistically, they more people leave high schools illiterate in some in states in the southeast than they do in affluent neighborhoods in other parts of the country. Like, because we allow the private schools, the charter schools, and different things like that, we divvy up money, and because, to be honest with you, we allow people to choose how much money they want to give to certain schools instead of it giving out evenly to every school, we end up with an education system that's I can tilted. tell you, on one charter school that I know about, and it's one I worked for for about... I've been There's a lot of bad there, charter schools to, out there. Yeah, 2011, and I've, I've been working there. And... Um, if it wasn't for a benefactor, uh, Mr. McCants, uh, he's an entrepreneur. He he has given millions of dollars to the Lake Oils Charter School System for improving technology and things like that. Uh, he's big into education. Not every charter school is like that. I understand, uh, but. We get we kind of got off track there a little bit yeah. because you said education, yeah. so that, you triggered myself. Sorry, what I was one. saying. What I was saying but, was but I, as, a, I, as a person, and as what a she person, did uh, just those things. You know, they say that that Trump lies, well, she lies. I think right Polit- now what it Politifact, gets down to Politifact w- statistics on that. Donald Politifact statistics. Hillary Clinton <laughs> lies twenty eight percent of the time when she's spoken in public in a debate, in a speech, in a time in front of in front of people at all. She lies 28% of the time. Bernie Sanders lies 27% of the time. Donald Trump lies 71% of the time. PolitiFact, that is an independent site. That is not a right-leaning, left-leaning. That is one that statistically rates what politicians say during their speeches as, was this mostly true? Was it mostly false? Was it false or was it true? Donald Trump lies 71% of the time compared to Hillary at 28. And yet, this false equivalency that we have that, hey, they're both politicians, they're both lying all the time, actually... No. Donald Trump is lying an exorbitant amount, like three okay. times where right. she's lying. I went to Huffington Post, which is not what you call a conservative newspaper. So Wikipedia? No. I went to HuffingtonPost.com. They had a, uh, a, uh, a graph, and they asked, I think it was 5,000 people, to rate uh, Clinton and Trump one word that would, or words that would describe the candidates. She got for liar and lying 106. That was the top. Trump's was arrogant at 42. Okay, liar. He had 10. People said he was a liar. Now I don't know how scientific it was. Now, they contacted 5,000 people and that says describe Trump in one or two words. So and. The describe Clinton in one or two words, and they compiled all the numbers, and that's what they came up with. Uh, but what granted, I'm giving you is like statistics of what someone takes and what they're saying in the speeches, not like the perception of them, like what someone. Well, like you asked st- what a perception was. Well, no, no, no. And, and who decided who lied? I mean, you know, what you took th- like okay, oh, like, like what I'm saying is so to chart how they do this. So Donald Trump will get up and he'll make a speech and he'll say. Hillary Clinton is, like he said in the, his last speech, Hillary Clinton is going to allow 615 million immigrants into this country. <clears throat> they found that to be false. 
because there's 350 million people in America today, and it took us 250 years to get there. So I doubt in her four years she's going to allow double the amount of Americans into the country well, as immigrants. what she said was she was going to bring in... 600,000. She, uh, she was going to increase the amount of Syrians coming in by 500%, basically is what she mentioned. Okay. We only allow. I think we only allowed a little. But here's here, yeah. which we get into a whole different subject on immigration now. Yeah, is that where we want to go? No, I. We're gonna we're gonna let you answer. I'm gonna let you answer on, on what why you think the the Bible Belt is oh. voting for Trump. Gosh, we did wander, didn't we? Sorry, That's Mike. Cool. Um, we do it all the time. I, I see. Why why are they voting? Because I don't understand it. I've told you why I don't understand it. But I'd like to hear your argument for why a, a large body of the, the I think there's 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 there is two there are two main things that I see and that I've heard in sermons uh oh, and, and on on other pastors that I've heard speak abortion and homosexuality those are the two biggest things and in fact you'll find in a lot of African American churches they feel the same way on abortion and homosexuality, especially homosexuality, that's a biggie for them. Well, and abortion has become, and I realize there there have been, <clears throat> I mean, the idea of whenever they talking about abortion, we kind of covered this before we started uh, as a warm up, I guess it was uh, primer. That primer here, abortion was supposed to be safe and rare. That's what they said when, when Roe find, v. Wade was passed. Yeah. Now. We're going to get into that part first. Whenever you can say, and this is what turned a lot of folks off, and I realized everybody says, well, you can't just judge a candidate by one item. Especially one that's very (coughs) unimportant to the safety and security of the United States of America. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about a human life. Whenever you say, a day before the birth of a child that you can perform a partial birth abortion. Trump said that. Trump said that you can do procedures. He said on the debate stand, you can do a procedure two days a day before the abortion or before the pregnancy and they can do a partial birth abortion. She did not respond directly to that statement. What she said was her direct, her next words were, I don't think government should be in a, Government should be in people's she, abortions anyway. Somewhere along the line, she said that one day for, and I'm going to tell you something. Partial birth abortion. Um, and also, they never do an abortion two days before the pregnancy. That is a procedure that is uh, never done. But it says done. you can do it up till then. In other words, what they but it's, do but is it's they, never been they done. Indu- it should be say it should be stated. It has never been done. Never been done by a medical not, body. Not up to two days. Not the day before birth. What I'm saying is that they do partial birth abortion, and what they do is they induce. This is not something that I, you know. Uh, if I was a woman, I walked in and says, hey, I, want, I don't want to have my baby now. You can take it. You know, and it's too big for them to do the standards, you know, uh, other type of uh, what they like to call uh, TPs, you know, termination of pregnancy. That makes it sound better. Uh, and what they do is, is they start two day, a day or so before the procedure. And they, and I'm not going to go into details because this may be listened by children and all, but the thing is that, they cause the woman to dilate, and they go in there and they induce the the, the pregnancy or the the birth. As the child comes out, it's dangling. The head is in place, 
and they jab a stick, or I mean a, a metal tube, in the back of this baby's head and suck the brains out and collapse it. I find that very, very, and I'm very passionate about this, I find it very hard to believe that anybody would say that was okay. And whenever I don't you think, think when I, I, but when I, when but I, I don't think that's the argument that people are. I, I think, so but I'm the, talking. That, I'm talking about. You ask me what the religious folks say. That's what they see. That's what they hear. But why aren't they hearing the other side when their when their argument isn't that that, that people like people but, on the Democratic people, side are admitting like yes, that is uncomfortable. <laughs> and no, that is not okay. But. You cannot repeal Roe v. Wade. Oh, it's not. I don't think it's ever going to be repealed because of, of the way it's set. But, but here's the, fine the lines. But, but the thing is that when you're talking about abortion, though, it has now become more of a procedure out of convenience. Uh oh, I'm pregnant. I don't. I don't want this child. Take it. You know. Uh, and the and I think well, that's the biggest issue in the Christian world right now for majority. And I realize there are Christian Democrats and there's Christian Republicans and Christian Independents and stuff. But you ask me the question, that, from what I hear and read, that is one of the largest areas because for them, abortion is nothing more than murder, premeditated murder. Now, the, uh, President George W. said that abortion should be for the life of the mother or incest rape, okay? Chances are, though, if that person's been raped, uh, they have uh, the morning after pill well, and things like that. And a lot, that of times they don't, a lot of times they might not know that they may not know. But I mean, to me, if you if they've been raped, I'd be hunting down that drug. No, I understand, but you know? and, but you have to also understand the mindset and the and the, the <clears throat> just the tra- the trauma that that person goes through. I mean, oh, I mean yeah, they're, I, I'm not, not a they're woman. not necessarily in the frame of mind where that's the first thing yeah, you think of. But I'm not a woman, so I, you know I can't speak to that. Secondary, I, secondarily, um, when we talk about abortion and we talk about uh, people of faith, uh, I mean, me and you both, I'm adopted. You're mm-hmm. adopted, so that's one thing we have in common. And yes, while I would much rather people look to that there are certain instances like you mentioned incest rape there's certain instances of um where the child's gonna be born dead or possibly dead or brain dead or situations like mm-hmm. that or in the life of the mother there's certain medical areas where people of faith find it permissible or understandable not permissible but understandable mm-hmm. to get an to get an abortion or a tp if you repeal or what they want to happen the repeal of roe v wade or the defunding of planned parenthood which does way more than abortions by the way planned parenthood does a lot more than abortions i want to reiterate that one more time planned parenthood does far more than abortions they do they do but 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 the thing is all that but the government should not have to fund a private organization it should never have to fund a private organization like that what i'm saying is if you pull back the right of the woman to make the decision from that in any way, you open up the door for it to be pulled back in every way. That's just the way it is. That's that will happen. I don't the, think. And, 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 and I, I think it's a non-issue. And when it, when we come to it, this isn't a this isn't a law where it's written like a bill where people have checks and balances and things are tagged on at the end and there are provisions. This is a Supreme Court case. It's, mm-hmm. So it was either no abortion is legal, or everyone is legal. So it was black and white. And so while I understand, and no, but for me as a person of faith, my fight isn't trying to convince the world that abortion is wrong. My job is to convince the world that there's something else that they can do. Exactly. And I feel like 
I feel like if you ever listened to really when Hillary got into it, it was more of we can't stop fighting over this. We cannot repeal it. it you've had four, five decades of people that have had this legal. And there's been medical science and things like that and people are being able to get them healthy as opposed to getting them done with coat hangers in the back of people's closets you can't take it away but what we can do is begin to educate people on alternatives or on healthier ways healthy ways psychologically healthy ways physically but i know our church stuck, i know our church has fighting this yeah. fight if we're stuck fighting this fight in this way the church does a disservice to themselves in the way they paint themselves to the population of a whole, as a whole, which, whether we've forgotten it or not, our job as Christians is to not make sure America is the most holy country in the world. It's to convince. It is to get our chance to speak to people about Jesus Christ, and to show them that we are like Him and that we love people. Exactly. And fighting the fight this way, and fighting the fight about it in this way instead of in a loving way. And picketing, and putting like bombing and doing negative things. Uh, that's, I, know, I, know, that's, I know that's not the Bible, that, that, but I'm saying no. That's, but, that's but, not but necessarily everybody painting, that does that. We are painting ourselves in the wrong light, and we're doing a disservice to ourselves because we're not we're not actually it. We're we're doing a war on drugs instead of fighting addiction. Okay, you mentioned you know that uh, our church that I attend, we support a crisis pregnancy center. Talking about that, and uh, we they work with people who are at their wits' end. They're pregnant. They have nothing. They can't afford the child, and they take them in and they help them uh, with supplies. They talk to them. They they advise them about what what it will do if you have that. They look at it from a nurse from a clinical point of view as far as physical and emotional and psychological. People kind of forget that part. And, and that's what they do with that. And, and it, granted, lots of times the church is just, you know, it's just like um, Westboro Baptist out mm-hmm. in Kansas someplace. They protest everything, you know, you know God hates fags and, and all that kind of, you see the protest signs out. They protest the burials of soldiers who have come home from the Iraq and Afghanistan and stuff. And this is, you know... You know, they deserve to die and all this kind of stuff. We Christians have a tendency to to eat our wounded is what we do. And we don't we don't take care of them like we should. We don't love them like we should. When we find that back years ago, there was because a young people lady. people do have the right to choose abortions. And, and I feel like the church is painted in such a light where... If they like, if they did that, and then a woman still chose to get an abortion, she she feels as though she'd be shunned by the church, and I don't think that that's necessarily the light we need to paint. Well, forgiveness the, well, is a forgiveness of, of everything. Exactly, but like you said, well, I'm agreeing with what yeah, you're saying. You know, we, I mean, you, you have to, you have to to love them, and and you know, the, directing people to those crisis pregnancy centers, the same place where we adopted you, uh, Shepherd Care Ministries in Hollywood, Florida. What they do is, is they take, they do the the same thing. They talk with the little girls and stuff like that. They try to talk them out of having an abortion to go through with it. They'll take care of them. This is what happens whenever people aren't given a choice to what they can do. Then they go to the desperate mode. Yeah, and that's why, <clears throat> and they do that way. Um, that's why another reason why you can't. Re- 
another re- reason why you can't repeal Roe v. Wade, and it w- because if you remove the option, you get desperate people doing desperate things. And or if you refuse, not, not to refuse, re- remove the option because the option's always there. Yeah. I mean, but if you re- remove the safety in the option, which is having a, a nurse or a doctor being able to help you through that process, that's the fear, and I think that's the reason why Hillary looked like kind of put her hands up and was like. Government shouldn't be in this. Government cannot tell you what you're going to do with your body. All, all the government's job is and all our job is is to tell you what your options are and help you safely make that decision on your own. True. And the thing is that, and I'll, I'll, I'll stop right here with this, this argument on abortion. <clears throat> we will, if a woman is pregnant... And she is in an accident, and the baby inside her dies. Then the person who hit them is brought up on on homicide, vehicular homicide. I find a hard time understanding how that is any different than someone choosing to do that to themselves have an abortion there was no, uh, there was no choice you know i mean that, i mean that's a, the that's devil's a, advocate i'm not saying you know, that that's my my, my argument you know, but that would be the argument you know and so as as i look at that i i say you know that's really a difficult decision i had a talk with a, a woman one time and i said you know, we were discussing uh abortion in uh uh for the lot to save the life of a mother and i said you know i wish i don't know if i could make that decision i really don't know how i could make that decision there's a child that could be born and the possibility of my wife dying or living with the fact that I says, let's terminate the pregnancy. And she told me, she says, I hope you would make that decision. And I thought, oh, Lord, I hope I never, <laughs> never would have to. So, I mean, that's a, it's, a, it's a really a volatile subject. But, you see, that's what the church revolves around. And, and you know, People that advocate saying that's the best thing to have and all that stuff, I guess that's part. The other part of it is on the homosexuality part. Uh, the Which is? Which I, I find it hard to understand myself whenever people want to pass a law saying that marriage is between a man and a woman. I thought it was a gimme. Well, I didn't think that was an issue. But you have a, the argument is, like you said earlier, we have a country made up of different faiths. Right. Marriage is not only in the parameters of Christianity. True. Marriage under God, mm-hmm. Jesus, yeah. and Jesus, that is Christianity. Yeah. But marriage as a form of civil union, as a form of uniting two people together, for t- is well, the way I look a at multitude it is, of religions. The way I look multi- at it is, everybody ought to learn how to suffer too. You know what I'm saying? You know, so. <laughs> I mean, so what I'm saying don't is, listen to me, honey. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that I, I'm suffering with you. <laughs> but what I'm saying is it's, it is at the point where you cannot, in a country made up of multiple faiths and multiple people groups, you cannot look at them and tell them they do not have the same rights. And what they were fighting over wasn't so that you, they could come into your church and force your pastor to marry them. What they were fighting for was the ability to have a legal marriage to be able to have health insurance. To be able to pass down rights, to be able to have wills, to be able to have right. tax exemptions and stuff like that. They were trying to get the same rights as every other system to those parameters. That's what they were fighting over. And I felt like the, I felt from what I saw, which, you know, my, what, my lens is my lens. My perspective is my, my uh, 
perception is reality. Yeah, my perception is my reality. <laughs> it felt like we were fighting over because we were scared that they were going to come into our churches and they were going to try to pervert our faith. But we are, we have to remember we are a nation of many people groups. And yes, we might have been founded under God, but even those people that founded it under God said you can practice any faith you want to in this place. And the government needs to reflect that. The thing is, too, is that what they see is, too, is what's sensationalized in the news media. And I've mentioned this before. Uh, I wrote to you guys one time, and I talked about how the news on the kneeling during the national anthem, which we're not getting into at this point, but that the news media picks up on certain things, and they run with it. And it it is to draw people in to watch their show. And when you have people in, in uh, I don't know if it was Oregon or Washington, they had uh, a photographer, and, and this couple came in, and they wanted to have hire them to, to take pictures. And the guy said, listen, I can send you to somebody else, but because of my faith, I, I don't want to be part of that. He gets sued and loses his business. A person that making wedding cake, same thing happened in another state. Uh, somebody made a big deal about it, you know. Uh, about uh, you didn't, I, it's my faith doesn't, I just can't condone that, but I'll send you somewhere else. They sued the company with the cakes. The company or the, the mom and pop place just closed down because they couldn't, they, they, they didn't want to do that. But it's a civil rights argument when people refuse listen, service because of Listen, those people sought out a place to be offended by. People have a nasty tendency to go find some place where they can be offended. We had we both know someone that's like that. They look for things to be offended by. Oh my God, look what they've done. And here's the deal, you know. But listen. Dad, you could almost say that about like the Freedom Riders and people. I'm not. I, I'm just saying the people that went and sat at at, din- at diners and and places <laughs> and sat to be served. And they sat in wide areas of that restaurant and then got beat up. And you could say that they went looking for trouble, but those people went to, they went to be served. And it but, was, it was but, a personal decision that prevented them from but getting served. That was when, the, I, I, I think Martin Luther King would be appalled that the gay rights movement is 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 uh, kind of hijacking the civil rights movement well, because it's there not are civil, of, there are a lot of there are a lot of NAACP members that support the gay rights movement strictly because if you limit the rights of one citizen it is not far before you limit the rights of all citizens but does a business have the right does the business have the right to refuse service no why not well, why, well, why, if, why there are parameters where a business does have a right to remain served, like no shoes, no service, or if someone's being unruly, or if someone's doing things that are to the detriment of the business, are going to cost that company business. But if someone just wants you to make them a wedding cake and it happens to have two girls' names on it, I'm sorry, it's not hurting your business. But that person should have the right to to say, I I'm sorry, I can't do it because of my religious beliefs, but I'll give you a name of two or three other bakeries that you can go to. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Or do we know that it was positioned like that, though? Like, what, what I'm saying is, was it presented <clears throat> as politely as you presented it to me? I believe it was, based on what I've read. Because I, I, if someone I, presented I don't it like know. that to me, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset with it. But they but did. They you took could, it you, for the point. You could take we gay had, out and put something else in, and I'll, then all I'll of a sudden it's you, a much bigger Whenever, a few, uh, maybe it was last year at our church, Whenever the 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 marriage, uh, whenever they uh, the Supreme Court 
said it was okay for gays to be married. Okay? Uh, our pastor uh, stood up and he read a, a paper. Okay? It was drawn up by a lawyer because he had to read it from the pulpit twice. He read it twice. He read it. We had two services. He read it in the first service and the second service. And it basically said, based on their beliefs, that we love that community, but we don't condone the sin of that, communi- of that community. And we will not marry, marry people. We had people that came to the church specifically, and they stood up and they yelled at the people, you're wrong, Christ is love, and all this kind of stuff. You know, Jesus is love. And they went out and they trashed the, the foyer, threw garbage cans around and all this kind of stuff when, that, when they were escorted out. But that's not right but, either. But, but they were looking, that's a, an example of somebody going to church to see what, what, what church is going to do that. And, of course, they picked a Baptist church. Why not, you know? Uh, not denominational. You know, <laughs> why not pick that? So I'm just saying is that, the Christian beliefs based on Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 28, talks about homosexuality. The Old Testament talks about homosexuality. I have a, a good friend, and, and we've corresponded back and forth. She was a former teacher at Fort Meade, and, and we talk. We don't agree on politics all the time, but we traded information back and forth on this one particular subject. And the thing is, is that not all churches believe the same way. And but as a Christian whole, a majority feel that it's wrong, and so you're asking the question: How does that affect? Does does religion, uh, the Bible Belt, or the religious folks? Uh, how does it do with government? But, did, and, do they, but does the religious and Bible Belt really think that Donald Trump agrees with them, or does he? Or I do think, they think that he's basically just? pandering to them well because like, let's put it Donald, like this i remember i can, I'm just I'm not, can, i don't know this for yeah. a fact i just know it's true i'm guaranteeing donald trump has had someone have abortion before i don't know you, that's just a you're just saying that yeah i know you're and, just saying that and, i know and he is very pro he before he was running for president right. he was very pro he gay, was gay rights he was and i think in a in a, in a so it's interesting now it well when politics makes strange bedfellows well, and people, people, get people, will say people, a lot. people will say anything on both sides. So that's why I'm asking: but, why, but, is the relig- why does the religious sect feel like this guy? Because would there's, you vid- there's someone- video. There's video. Whenever would you rather someone who actually felt the way they felt and stood by the belief of their convictions, or would you rather someone who believed the same thing she did but was telling you they believe different just to get you to vote for them? But there's no. There's video and audio, oh, video, audio, obviously, of her. Video, no audio. <laughs> video, no audio. We read, but you got to believe me when he we, said that. We read the lips and wrote it down. Uh, she said, she started, there was over a period of years where she said that she was against, that marriage was between a man and a woman. And it progressed through the times that she changed. They booed her when she said marriage is between a man and a woman. They booed her go forward a couple of years and it was the, she said the same thing again but then again after a couple more years then she evolved yeah she hung in the she stayed she throughout her whole political career she has stayed a moderate democrat she has stayed as firm as far away from the fire as she can because trust me 
it's out there and it's trying to burn her. And yeah. because she has been, like you said, you even said it, she's been under attack for 30 years and she has stayed as moderate and is in the middle on every single issue because even though she might vote different, people will crucify her in the media if she does anything because they're looking for what many people think the antichrist to show their horns yeah and and that's what they're looking for for me my big issue my big thing and we're going to end on this and it's something that we're going to end on this and mike i apologize you're going to have to do a hell of a lot of editing to get this down but um the last issue that we have on the docket is the most the most important to me I, i i told you about abortion i told you about when we talked about gay rights um, but the most important issue to me is climate change, is mm. global warming. And the thing that, while other things about Trump sealed it way before this, whenever I heard him basically say that he didn't think global warming was really, he's like, what is global warming? I wish we had some global warming here. It's too, it's too cold. He completely denounces global warming. And, well, uh, he's not the only one that denounces global no, warming. No, but he's the only know. presidential candidate yeah, running yeah. right now. And I, I'm in fact, sorry, I believe Paris, each one of them, all the candidates that were in the primaries were the same way. Absolutely. Way. That's why I said none of your candidates were actually viable candidates. Because after the, <laughs> after the Paris Agreement and after the progress we have made, and you said this a long time ago, that they, told, they said it back in the 80s. Yeah. That global warming was real. Leonardo DiCaprio said it was real at the end of the 90s switch your light bulb save energy save light. what we what they they were right they were right in the 80s they were right in the 70s they also said we were entering an ice age too back in the 70s you know what i'm saying when they were talking about global warming so i mean you know i'm sorry i'm a skeptic no but when they when they said that the global warming was real they were correct the only thing they got wrong was how quickly it was going to happen well, the we, problem is, that's I'm, not the scientist. Let me, let me, let me, let me finish. finish. You're let me finish. finish. All right, I'll let you finish. The reason I am not voting, I would never vote for Donald Trump, is because I, we cannot go through four years with someone not progressing our global, our, our, our global, our climate <laughs> progression of getting away from fossil fuels and moving towards a Greek country. Because we have to be the number one country to do it because we more, use more energy than anyone else. We use 10 times the amount of carbon or electricity, coal, than a person in France. We use 20 times the amount of a person in India. We use five times the amount of a person in Great Great Britain. We are the largest, most powerful, most scientifically advanced in some ways country, and we are the only one that is so stagnant on this issue, and we have to progress or... Like or else, it is it is an ultimatum at this point. We are right now at 1.5 Celsius above the the average of what we of the, what the world has been at for a long period of time. As we progress, it will you can see sea waters rising and everything. But I'm telling you, it will get hotter in certain areas than people can stand, and it will get colder in certain areas than people can stand. But what we're doing to the atmosphere is obvious, and it, it is apparent, and I don't understand how people... I don't understand how anyone can deny it at this point. We can't have an intelligent decision with, the, one of, with a presidential candidate denying it exists. We can't. Are you stunned now? Yeah. I'm sorry. This is, my, this is the biggest <laughs> issue to me. This is the biggest issue. Because I didn't our, want to interrupt again. Yeah. Mike's kid's 11. He will feel the effects. There will be animals on this planet he will never see. There will be, there will be, be a chance by the time he's in his 50s, his son will not see snow in the United States of America. Well, Al Gore back about 10 or 15 years ago said we were going to be a burning ember. Obviously, that has come and gone. No, that, actually, that's, that's, that, gone. scientists are agreeing with that now, right now because if Greenland, if Greenland dissipates, like the ice on Greenland, it is thinner than it's ever been. What's under Greenland's ice? It's black rock. That will become a heat that what 
It's like asphalt. It reflects heat. It will make certain. It will, so, make, it will increase. So the heat tell on the me planet. about how come that whenever Noah, not Noah, but the Navy goes down and they measure ice depth. That it's thicker than it has been before in now, certain areas. In like cer- I said, in, in what, certain what's happening, areas, but you what's see, happening you know, is we're destabilizing. Sun, what happens is we're destabilizing the climate. So how did they decide? How did they decide that global warming they're was tracking real? it? Uh, tracking tracking for it. how many years? How they many have years? been tracking it for how many for years? Fifty years. Some the scientists have been tracking what the poles are doing. Well, they've actually been tracking it longer than that. They've been tracking ice and stuff since the early 1900s, and they have been looking at weather patterns they've watched the the ice shelf i mean dad you can look at it on satellite imagery how the north north pole the, the arctic ice shelf is getting smaller you can look at it on the south pole how it's destabilizing you can look at greenland the ice shelf is destabilizing you can look at you can do a measurement of sea level rises on coastal areas there are there are islands in the pacific like in the Pacific Ocean right now, that are disappearing. You have refugee states in certain countries where people can no longer live on those islands because the water is rising and they're having to move. This is not something, this is happening today. In Miami, they're spending $400 million to renovate the coastline of the, the city of Miami because it floods, whether it's raining or not. It, it, it's real. And I, this is something I, I don't understand why Christians are against and why, why it seems to be like the like <coughs> Republicans and Christian Republicans that are against this. Because I'm pretty sure when Adam and Eve happened, we were get, like the earth was given to us as stewards. It was ours to take care of. Noah, Noah, Noah's Ark, he told them to take care of the animals and to keep, and to keep them and to, to take care of the planet. And there were certain that this is I don't understand why they make the argument of why do you have the pride to think that you can destroy the planet? It's not pride. It's that God gave us the tools to do good with this place or to do bad with it. And we are making all the things that are doing bad to it. Back uh, years ago, they talked about a hole in the ozone. And uh, I don't know how they decided it was getting bigger or smaller. <clears throat> because, um, uh, you know, as I looked at it back then, they talked about it, and that's whenever they started changing about the changing what was in the aerosol cans from one thing to another, you know, because they said that it was putting a hole in the in the ozone. And they never really, you know, the, the what they call the chlorophor, car, chlorofluorocarbons, that's what it was. And that was what was used. And um, they talked about that. And I was reading an article, too. It was out of England. And um, let me find it again. Um, what, what, what website are you reading this article on? Uh, scientific-alliance.org. Um, and they were talking about what the problem was is not they didn't deny that global warming was a possibility what they said was that politicians everywhere are guilty of not simply setting targets but also mandating how they must be achieved rather than allowing others to meet them in the most efficient and economical way and and that was kind of a start and it talked about renewable energy and all this kind of stuff and they were mandating by a certain time this has got to happen whether the technology totally exist or not. It was a long time before wind power was a viable 
option. I don't have a problem with renewable sources at all. I think it's a, a good thing because then you're not dependent upon something that's going to expire. To me, this is reminiscent of the argument that uh, you once gave me on uh, salvation. Mm-hmm. And it was, you can, like, you can get saved and die and then God not actually be there and then what did you lose? Mm-hmm. Or you could not do it and God be real and you go to hell. Right. You, know? <clears throat> you can imagine that this is not real and actually do all the things we're saying, which are actually are what are on the bedrock of the United States, which is innovating, building new systems. Like this, is, for me, we lose nothing by doing it. Mm-hmm. We only better ourselves as a people. So when we, Los Angeles, New York City, our, our big metropolitan areas, during the 70s and 80s, we had a huge smog issue. We started changing some of the EPA, and we started cleaning up the air and started having a drastic difference on how our cities and the air quality of our nation was after the industrial age. We did a lot of good there. It, it bettered. For me, I don't understand why we are so why are we so resistant against it and why the like global warming is something like that we can't fathom whenever 60 years ago you couldn't travel around Los Angeles out in some days because there was so much smog that you would <coughs> choke. But yet we we lower fossil fuels and we lower like uh, the gas and stuff like that. And now all of a sudden it's a clean, clean place to live. The air quality is better itself. How could we affect it then? And you can't imagine that on a larger scale, we're affecting the planet as a whole. This is also caused by deforestation and other things like that, where we're tearing down trees that we rely on to clean up the CO2 that we produce. The, what I'm saying is I don't understand why there isn't more support for it. And I can't imagine why one of our presidential candidates wouldn't do it. This is like, the pe- this is like America refusing to build the plane because we're, we're the train's working fine. Like, no, we're innovating. We're creating new systems. We're bettering our planet, and we're saving the livelihoods of future generations by getting off of, you know, by getting onto renewable energy sources. One of the, and I want you to read, read that article. I'm glad to send you the link to it. And it was very interesting. And one of the things, though, too, that's going on is that whenever the, the scientists, the climatologists get together... 97% of them agree on this, by the way. Whenever the climatologists get together, they refuse to allow the deniers, as they call them, uh, to come and speak and explain their side of why they feel the way they do. Uh, it's a lot like what we were talking about earlier that I'll, I'll, you know, all of us believe the same thing, so we gather in this little group and we won't let anybody in to, to challenge our thought process. And that's what I'm saying is uh, when I take a look at some of the stuff that has come out and listen to people talk and read and things like that, you know, some of the data was falsified at the beginning. Okay. To make it come out the way they wanted to, they weren't considering, uh, in this article here, they talk about them, uh, that, they're putting their faith in an unproven hypothesis that carbon, carbon dioxide is the main driver of climate change. They didn't say that it, it wasn't part, but they're saying it was the main driver. And, and it's an interesting article. That whole group, there's a lot of different things posted there. Um, but the thing is, is that what they said was that the politicians are the one that's gumming up all this. In other words, instead of, of allowing the economy to drive that, in other words, okay, this is what we have an issue with. Uh, 
you, you, you do one thing and you create a problem somewhere else. It's just like whenever they talked about uh, the cars has to get 40 or 50 miles per gallon by such and such a date or something like that. Uh, it drives the cost up because of, of R&R you know, R&D, research and development and stuff like that. Not R&R, that would have R&R, but research and development. And so as it drives the, the that as they develop the cars, all of a sudden these cars, that's why the electric cars are so expensive. They're still in the process of trying to come up. You can get an electric with car a, right now for 35K. Yeah, but how? But the point is, how far can I drive that car? Two hundred and fifty miles. If I'm living in the city, it depends on how much you got turned on. If you play the radio and the air conditioner's going and your I, speed no, what and I'm things talking about like is the that. Tesla. With the Tesla, yeah. you can get the the new model. It's thirty five k, and then you can get it uh, for two hundred and fifty miles. Yeah. And you got charging ports all over the place. There is not as much of an argument against solar power or electric cars as there was. 15 years no, ago. No, because, as, as because of the development. The development has come across. Same until, thing with the science. They, well, see, like, they Same couldn't, thing with the they science. They couldn't sell a Volt, Chevrolet Volt for a long time. The government so Chevy was... Made it. Yeah, what'd I say? No, I said that's because Chevy made it. Yeah, but I drove one. I had I was working at, uh, in at Greenwood Chevrolet in Fort Meade, and I did a dealer trade to St. Petersburg, and I drove one. I was surprised how powerful it was mm -hmm. for a small end. It was a hybrid, obviously, at a certain speed... It's it's electric, okay. As you get up to the, on highway speeds, then the gasoline engine comes on and stuff like that. Uh, but the cost of the car was so expensive, and and that's why the government subsidies. There comes a point in the time where the government is taking throwing good money after bad. And Slandra well, is a good example. Well, that's a, that, well, that's they, a, they, a priority discussion. I think that the government has made it. I think the government has looked at with scientists and stuff and decided that global like climate change is going to be one of the big things. That's why they're throwing subsidies at people that are doing green energy. And that's they just why they need do, to do a better job of picking the companies that are doing it. Well, they, given, need, they need to do better research. Uh, what are the, the companies com that they're given to that are bad? Well, Slandra is one. That's one. And there was I, I don't have the list here, but there was there was ten or fifteen companies that money was given to them to develop uh, solar power and other things like that, and they went under after a certain amount of time because they ran out of money. Of course, and what I'm saying is, it's not that the company wasn't trying to do something. What happened was they got the money and went bankrupt, and leaving stiffing us taxpayers for that. They did need to do a better job of finding the right company, vetting, I guess is a good term, uh, the company. Show us what you can do. Show us your paperwork. If you start a small business and you try to go to a bank for a loan, they want to see something. Well, I think that, you pretty, know, I think the government does have a vetting process that they go through before they just, I don't think they're just, the, they're not Oprah. They're just not giving everyone <laughs> million dollar checks. I, I, I do think, like you said, but it's not perfect how the government probably hands out grants and stuff like yeah. that but it is a process of which they do vet we're gonna have to uh, wrap it up on this i'm gonna end the environmental th discussion with this um i just i want people to understand that this isn't uh something that like my dad said 30 years ago there was multiple things people thought we were going to an ice age people thought where the world was getting hot it was gonna bust it into flames everything like that the reason that people have come to on at a large percentage come to a consensus on where the planet is going to is because we are now seeing actual effects of it 30 years ago it was this is going to come 30 20 years ago this was this is going to come 15 years ago this was going to come today it has come 
and we are seeing sea level rise. We are seeing ice sheets melt. And I, I'm telling you, if you watch any of the documentaries that are being done, that are being given away for free, you know, the one that Leonardo DiCaprio did, the one that um, the uh, Discovery Channel does, National like uh, National uh, Geographic. Geographic does, there's evidence after evidence after evidence that this is something that is happening now and it's not going to happen tomorrow it's not going to happen in 15 years it's not going to happen in 30 years the governor the governor of my or the the mayor of miami said that the, the 400 million they're spending right now will only help them for 20 years and then they're gonna have to do something more or just move everyone out we are at a point with our planet where we have to look and it is undeniable that our touch is felt on this planet a lot of it, I think a lot of it has to do, too, with overbuilding. I mean, if you take a look at the East Coast, I can remember you could, you could drive for miles on the East Coast before you got into the yeah, next Yeah, a lot of community. our population is built on coastal, on coastal <coughs> and, areas. And so they're digging and they're, they're modifying the land. That's how come you take a look at the Everglades and the wet, wetlands that were around there that used to provide water for everything. Well, as you build... You start doing away with that, or you start or pulling a lot s- more water out of that area. You, you do a lot more harm to the environment fracking than you do building buildings on the side of the coast. Fracking, natural gas, oil, coal, these are the things. And a lot of people will point to India and China and third world countries as, hey, look at them. They're going through their industrial revolution now. They're farther behind than we are. Yes, but we are bigger and we use more. 300 million people in India don't even have electricity. We use 20 times the amount of people per capita than a person in India, and we have a third of the population. We are the country that needs to be on the forefront of this. We are the only country that has as vast an ability to do it because we are the most powerful country in the world. We innovate. We build. We have been leading the way in in technology for 120 years now. We've got to continue to push it, and I just... I can't fathom a presidential candidate that won't even stomach the the rational con- conversation of global warming. And I know he might be doing it to pander to his demographic or his audience, but we don't have any more time for that. We don't. We don't. It will be my kids' generation. It will be the latter half of my life that feels this effect. And yes, a lot of people will say arguments of faith and different things like that, but I, for one, do not want to leave this planet worse than how I was born into it. I'd hate for my I'd hate for my grandkids to say that they have to fly across the world to see snow. I would hate for them to lose species of animals that they will no longer be able to see. And I feel like there's going to be kind of a day of reckoning for those people of faith that that where you have to look at yourself and say, "Hey, are we showing the world that we love the people in it if we don't care how we leave it?" All right. And at that point, we're going to uh, we're going to step away. I hope you guys enjoyed. Mike, again, apologize for the amount of editing you're going to have to do on this. But uh, we had a good time. I think we talked forever. And mom's going to be mad you come home this late, Dad. But thank you for coming and joining us. Um, Spirit of discussion. It. And like it should be in politics anyways, we are on different sides on a lot of issues. But at the end of the discussion, we still at least are trying to better the country. And that is the point. You might be on different sides. You might win some. You might lose some. But it is all done in an effort to make the country better. Amen. All right, guys. Again, it's Masters of Banter Political Edition. Everyone get out and vote. Do not boo. Do not pick it. Do not do anything disruptive. Vote your conscience. Vote how you believe. And most importantly, get out there on Tuesday. Thank you.